0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Who's dancing now? Anita Marks with you. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm dancing. Uh, maybe it's. Maybe it's not to this song. Maybe it's something a little bit. Maybe it's a little Luther Vandross for something like that. I'm. Uh, i I am. I am on the way up after uh, contracting COVID on Saturday. So not sure if you tuned into my weekend shows. I barely got through them. I powered through. I thank you very much. For riding that ride for me, uh, I know not two of my best shows over the weekend, but um, but God bless, I, I'm feeling a lot better. I, I know this uh, this strain and this variant is out there and it's kicking people's butts and it's really uber uber highly contagious. It's my first time contracting COVID, so um, so I'm feeling a lot better today. I'm, I'm sure again, if you listen to me over the weekend, you could hear my voice uh, and and my energy right now feeling a lot better. So and, and thank you so much for all the people who uh, reached out to me on social media wishing me. Uh, you know, telling me to feel better I, I really do appreciate that so um so excited to be here with you tonight with you an abbreviated show with you until eight thirty heading into the Celtics heat game one down there is everybody likes to say south beach it's a farce it's not played on south beach i'm from miami it's far from f- <laughs> it's um I, I don't know maybe you can take a scooter to and from uh, it's it's uh, the triple a is is right on 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 Brickle. Um, which is uh, it's, it's – I'd say – I'm trying to think, like, what is the – mile like, it's a good uh, seven, eight miles from South Beach. But nonetheless, the Miami Heat are hosting the Celtics. We'll do a deep dive into that matchup. Tiger Ful- Tyler Fulgham, uh, who's one of my partners in crime on Daily Wager, is going to be joining us at 8 o'clock tonight. We'll do a deep dive, kicking off in the second hour. That matchup leading into – leading up to tip-off, I should say – uh, we'll break down the matchup. I'll give you some of my plays and my picks heading into the game. We're always happy to help people win some money here on 98.7 ESPN. We also have a PGA Championship that's taking place, the second major of the year, that uh, that uh, tees off on Thursday. Big storyline. Well, two two ways, really. you got Phil Mickelson, who's uh, not going to play in it <clears throat> because uh, a number of, of – things that are happening off the golf course for him, but Tiger is going to play in it. So uh, second hour, I'll do a dive into that, getting you ready for the PGA Championship. Uh, really excited here at ESPN, by the way. Uh, Joe Buck and um, and um, Troy Aikman are now part of the ESPN family, and not only are they doing uh, the um, uh, NFL broadcast for uh, for for ESPN on Monday nights, they're also they're going to have a uh, they're going to do a broadcast very similar to what Michael K. does with a Rod, and of course the Manning brothers do during the football season for the for the PGA Championship. So a lot of coverage here for all of us here at ninety eight point seven ESPN, and of course ESPN in general for the second major of the season. But I want to spend the first hour talking about the Rangers. We've got Greg Waschinsky, the Puck Daddy who's going to be joining us at 7.30 tonight to take a look-see, a a preview ahead of what's coming your way. Wednesday, 7 o'clock, the puck drops right here on 98.7 ESPN with the Rangers taking on the Hurricanes. So we'll do a dive into that matchup. Uh, But also, you've got a lot of baseball, obviously, happening today and tonight. Uh, And let's kick it off with the Mets. As we know, the Yankees as well, they're playing tonight and then NBA. Uh, But the Mets... A lot of news here. First and foremost, Mets, they won their first game today against the Cardinals. Great. Uh, Williams, four innings, gave up four hits, six strikeouts. Uh, then they went into the bullpen. Um, Reed, Lugo, Smith, Diaz. Diaz with the save. So uh, so good for him. Um, and so now so the, 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 the Mets beat the Cardinals 3-1 earlier today. But more importantly, some really great news when it comes to Jacob deGrom. He had an MRI today, and um, and what the MRI showed the Mets is that um, his shoulder continues to heal. So he's a part of a throwing program, which is awesome. Um, he's still on the 60-day IL. Apparently, uh, that possibly could be updated, um, but the expectation is that this is a, a Mets uh, rotation that is not going to see DeGrom at least... Uh, any sooner than June? What does that mean? Is it June? Is it early June? Is it mid June? Is it late June? Uh, this is a Mets team, as we know now. Uh, heading into today, they were 23 and 13. They are now 24 and 13. 11 and 7 at home. Hopefully, uh, they are up right now 1-0 against the Cardinals. Bottom of the first. Um, uh, so ho- hopefully, at, at the end of the evening, they'll be 25 and 13. 12 and 7 at home. But as we know, this is a Mets team and a Mets rotation uh, that is dealing. In fact, they are third best in the National League with a 3-4-0 ERA. Um, and, and a lot of that, obviously, is because of Scherzer and Bassett, that one-two punch, um, and, and and Carrasco and and, and others that obviously uh, play a big role. But, uh, you know, and, and one would only expect and assume that once DeGrom does return, Mets right now, like I said, third best um, – rotation ERA in in the National League with a 3-4-0, it'll only get better when DeGrom returns, of course. So you want him to return, but considering that this is a Mets team that now again, unfortunately, they lost their series against the Mariners, um, and that's the only series that they have lost this season when playing, uh, that um, that they will continue to win series, at least taking two of three each and every time. And if you're on that type of pace, um, that's... And, and you have the opportunity for Degrom to maybe not rush it back so soon, totally heal, and now you're going to be in a really good spot. And, and I'm sure this would be a Mets clubhouse as as well as an organization that feels more comfortable that they didn't have to rush Degrom back and possibly re injure something. And here's another thing about Degrom that we know, guys, um, and and not to throw him under the bus, no pun intended, but like um, you know, he just he's he's injury prone and if if more so than maybe another another athlete if he comes in and and, and he maybe comes back too soon what's happening you're you're you you know as an athlete you're you're compensating i'm sure he's he's in this this throwing program and but it it's it's one thing to pitch a simulated game it it's another to come in and like have your first game back of the season be at city field in front of all those fans you, you don't know. You know, you you might not if you're not 100%, you might be trying a little too hard and then what happens? You injure something else. Something else, another body part compensates. You just don't want to see that happen. Especially this is an unbelievable opportunity uh, for the Mets this season. It, it it really is. So, um so again, great news with DeGrom today, especially with the MRI. And and I want to say we've got uh Jacob and of course, um uh, Jake who're producing the show. And we do have some sound on Jacob Degrom. Uh, l- let's listen in.
2: We're pleased
0: with what we saw yesterday. That was good. I was happy to get that news last evening, and I didn't want to bother everybody at nine o'clock last night. Figure some of you might have had plans or something and been doing some things. So I just uh, waited till this morning just to let everybody know that it was good. So he's going to get to you know move back further and throw harder, and so those are good things.
1: Epler, of course, talking about the news on DeGrom. A uh, question was asked following that. Will he need another MRI, MRI before ramping up? This is what he had to say.
2: If the doctors prescribe one,
0: then we'll do it, obviously. But I'll put that in their hands. But right now, it's just a matter of uh, letting him step back further, throw harder, and then, and then, again, treating the patient more than anything else. So just how does he feel? You know, how does the scapula feel under a little bit more stress, which, uh, which will come with that distance and velocity?
1: So again, uh, really great news pertaining to DeGrom and uh, the Mets right now up. They they won their first game against the Cardinals earlier today, 3-1. Bottom of the first right now, they're up 1-0 against the Cardinals. Um also some other news, some some very sad news in regard to uh, Marte and, and and that is uh he is uh taking a leave of absence from uh, from the uh the Mets. He's down in the Dominican Republic right now. He just lost his grandmother, who unfortunately passed away. And uh, reading more and more into the story, uh, it's been a really sad state of affairs for him. Um, His wife passed away of a heart attack uh, not too long ago. And also uh, his, his mother passed away when he was nine. So really his grandmother raised him. So, um, just really, really, uh, our prayers for all of us here at 98.70 SPN go out to him. And of course his family, uh, Buck Showalter did speak to the media today and said that, uh, it was very, very, uh, very sad state of affairs and situation for him. And, and the Mets are, are, have told him that, you know, he could stay down there in the Dominican as long as he needs, uh, and, and come back when he's emotionally uh, and, and mentally ready to do that. So that's your Mets news today. Also, don't forget, of course, you've got the uh, Yankees uh, taking on the Orioles and um, Tyone is is on the bump going up against Wat, Watkins tonight. Right now, top of the first, no score yet. Here's another thing, and I talked about this on Sunday, uh, and I, I want to call up the uh, the Yankees schedule right now just to kind of share with you. This is a really great time for the Yankees, as we know they are just they've actually they've been crushing it. We know how good they've been playing. Right, best record in in Major League Baseball. But take a look at this. If you haven't taken – I always I like to do this. I like to look forward um, in, in regard to the, the schedules and, and what's on the horizon. They've got four games right now in Baltimore. So as we know, they won yesterday, 6-2 against the Orioles. Uh, they're at it again tonight, which uh, Watkins 0-1 with a 5 one ERA. He's lost four straight He's nine and eight at home. Well, the Orioles are nine and eight at home. This is a great opportunity for a team that is leading Major League Baseball um, with their record to really just even compound that. Four games against the Orioles in Baltimore and then home against uh, the White Sox. And then they've got another three against the Baltimore Orioles, May 23rd through the 25th, home, here in the Bronx. So this is, this is I mean, this is, um, this is I'm, I'm trying to think of a great analogy for this, right? Like, this is a, a great baseball team who uh, has an even better opportunity, right? This is money making money right now. Uh, arguably the best team in Major League Baseball, you could say, well, slow your roll, Anita. Well, that, okay. Uh, you know, we can, we, we, can, we can agree to disagree, but nonetheless, now have a really great opportunity that in their next, um, well, one, two, what, four, five, six, seven, in their next 10, they're, they're, they're facing the Orioles in seven of their next 10 games. One, they've already won on Monday, six to two. So, it's just a really great opportunity for the Yankees. 800 919 3776 is the phone number. You want to get in, you want to talk Yankees Mets, now's the time to do so. Also, we've got Jake and Jacob who are producing the show. Jake, um, for two things first. Two, two things, Jake. First of all, I want to know, and don't answer this. I, I just, when we come back, I want to know you are a social media star in regard to the number of followers, the number of reaction you get, the number of retweets, the number of comments. I just I want to know, how did you get there, number one? Number two, um, you threw out a, a Twitter sports question that went viral yesterday. I loved it. I want to throw it out on this show, so we're going to do that. Um, so stay tuned for that. And also, we're going to dive into some, some Rangers uh, coming your way next as well. Exciting game seven. I was watching from home. While I was recovering from COVID, screaming, yelling, my dog's running for cover. Game seven was so exciting, especially since they had to come back from a deficit into, uh, oh my gosh, it was so great. Um, so we'll talk about the Rangers. Greg Washinsky from uh, the Puck Daddy from ESPN is going to join us as well, and we'll take your calls. <laughs> okay yeah this is this is this is more my groove this is more my groove today i appreciate it guys little luther luther vandros for you that's for sure great great cut great cut uh anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN we're gonna hear from greg wachinski in about 10 minutes uh doing a, a little preview of that rangers hurricanes game one Coming your way Wednesday night, right here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. So definitely stay tuned for that. I'm excited about it. Was home watching Game Seven the other night, yelling, screaming, going nuts. Were, do, were you? I'm assuming you guys watch Game Seven.
3: Of course. Without anything, you, any were, any sport, if it's a Game Seven, I'll watch. It could be like a Quidditch match, Game Seven. I'm in.
1: But here here's the thing, and, and I talked about this on on my show on Sunday, and uh, with with Will and Tom who are producing. And that is, and, and, you know, full disclosure, you know me, you listen to me on the weekends, you've heard me before here on the station. You know, I'm a football gal, right? Like, that's my wheelhouse. Football, uh, obviously, you know, love uh, all things football, love NBA, love March Madness, um, like baseball. You know, I, you know if, if someone's going to invite me to a Rangers game at the Garden, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Always a fun time to go there. But, and where I'm going with this is even though hockey is not my number one sport it's it's, there's something about a game seven in hockey that far exceeds right any excitement of any other and and there was listen there was a ton of I mean let's be the parody this year in the NHL there were so many game sevens in the NHL but you know just the special the fact that it was at the garden right and and game 7 and you know Sidney Crosby did play and um you know their first string hockey their, their first string uh goalie decided to come back after being out for a good month um you know there was so much going on leading up to the the, the game and then the rangers being down and you look at in in the night that he had, what did he have, 40, what is it? He ended up with 43, 45, something saved, something like that, something ridiculous. And that was another conversation I had on the show on Sunday was, you know, winning at the Garden, game seven is a defining moment in, in is in his really part of the beginning, in my opinion, for him of, you know, um, creating that, that legacy. And and as we know, the Rangers have a rich, rich legacy um, of not just goalies, uh, but but players as well, and and in, in, in performing well at the Garden in the postseason. And so I think a lot was riding on Shostakin, especially since Sidney Crosby said that he, you know, once it was announced that he was going to be active, we weren't sure how attractive he was going to be. So just so much leading into that, and the excitement to me just was was. 100 times better than what we saw in the NBA. I mean, especially, wow, that the Dallas Suns game. That was a disaster. But there's just something about, about hockey. And even you don't have to be a huge hockey fan. You don't even have to be a fan of the Rangers. Maybe you're a fan of the Islanders. Maybe you're a fan of the Devils. Maybe you don't even like the Rangers. But there's just something about a Game 7 that's so special. And boy, did it deliver uh, the other night right
3: absolutely and we got overtime so you know it was an exciting game and to your point what do you think the equivalent would have been for the suns for the rangers like what would the score have had to have been like 15 nothing penguins cuz the suns clearly did not show up in a game 7 but the rangers did and they've kind of been resilient all season if you've been watching this team It wasn't really that big of a surprise for them to come back 3-1 because they've been fighting like this the whole season. And they got these young players that really stepped it up in the playoffs. And in the last two games, Mika Zabanajad, the guy that the Rangers really needed to step up, uh, Mm -hmm. finally did. And he delivered big time in those final two games. And Panarin... You know, he's kind of their best player overall, had the game winning goal and really stepped it up in overtime. So the Rangers are moving on. It's an exciting time here in New York. And for a city that is known as one of the best cities, not just in the country, but the entire world, I think all sports fans here can agree that for the last decade or two, It's been a huge disappointment everywhere, whether it's the baseball teams, certainly with the Knicks. Both football teams have been a huge disappointment. So I think with the Rangers doing what they've been doing, the Yankees and the Mets getting off to the best records in all of baseball, the Giants and the Jets both having great drafts. I know it wasn't the way the Nets wanted to go out and the Knicks are, are still the Knicks, but... I think this is one of the best times in New York sports that we've had in a long time, Anita.
1: You know, it's interesting you say this because there's an article out on ESPN.com and I wasn't sure if I was going to get to it, uh, this show, uh, but maybe this is a good time just to mention it. And the question is, who has the better sports town right now? Is it LA or is it New York? With New York, with the Mets, obviously the, the Mets and the Yankees, LA, obviously the Dodgers and the Angels. But then... You look in New York, and I think the Chargers are going to crush it. I, I wouldn't be listen. Brace yourself. People might drive off the side of the road. I don't want anyone to get in a car accident. I would be surprised if the Chargers win that division, over, over Denver and, and over Kansas City. And with all the respect to Raiders fans out there, like that's how good this Chargers team is going to be this next year. Obviously, the Rams trying to return to, uh, to defend their 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 Super Bowl championship. Of course, they've got USC, their college basketball, their, their college football far exceeds uh, anything we do here when it comes to college sports. Um, the Giants and the Jets are struggling. The Rangers obviously got to be excited there. Kings lost out in the first round of the playoffs. But nonetheless, I think it's an interesting uh, conversation. And, and I mean, I don't even know at this point because the Giants and the Jets are struggling so, so, so badly. Mm-hmm. Granted, they've turned the corner. Great drafts. You know, you got to be if if you're a Giant or you're a Jet fan, you got to be excited about what's coming. But the fact that you know we're talking about, wow, will the Giants win seven games? Will the Jets win six? Meanwhile, we're talking about will the Chargers win their division? Will the Rams repeat? So, you know, on on one end, yeah, I think it's I think it's Yankees and Mets on the baseball side. I think it's Chargers and Rams on the football side. But I I think it's an interesting debate to have.
3: Absolutely. And the fact that New York sports are just back in that discussion in general is kind of nice. I don't think they're back on Los Angeles' level yet just because, you know, the Rams just won the Super Bowl. Like you said, the Dodgers, the World Series, the Lakers a few years ago uh, won the championship. Another town I was thinking of is a nice sports town right now is probably Tampa Bay. You know, they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, the Rays have been good for a long time. So Tampa Bay is also a town that certainly has been up there with greatest sports towns over the last few years. But the fact, again, that New York is there, um, it's a it's a good thing for sure.
1: Before we go to break, because, again, Greg Wyshynski, the Puck Daddy, is going to join us next, um, I did throw it out there. Number one, I'm curious, A, um, how many <laughs> – how many followers do you have on social media? I don't have that.
3: How, I don't have that many. I have about so 8,500. 8,
1: okay, so how do you get such great, great in, engagement? And so your, so your question was: Would you go to a sport sporting event alone? Right. That was your yesterday. Correct. right? Correct. I,
3: I threw out a simple question: Yes or no question. I, that was the tweet. Yes or no question: Is it weird to attend sporting events by yourself? And right now. The tweet is up to 1.6 million impressions. and wow. it, Yeah, not too shabby. And over 2,600 responses. If you guys go to at Jake Montgomery underscore, you guys can check out the tweet. But, again, 2,600 responses to this question, yes or no. Is it weird to attend sporting events by yourself? And, Anita, I don't know if you've ever been to a sporting event by yourself, but the overwhelming majority – of the answers are people that say, you know, they only go to sporting events by themselves or it's better to go to sporting events by themselves. So audience
1: Really? That's surprising. It is
3: I'm again it's not a small sample size either. We're up to twenty six hundred responses and A lot of people know, of course, the big sports outlet Bleacher Report. They put it on their Instagram yesterday. That got 10,000 likes and hundreds of responses. Uh, Wilmer Flores responded. If you guys know um, Chad Lowe, the actor, Rob Lowe's brother, he responded. A lot of famous athletes responded. So um, I was shocked to see How many people actually go to sporting events by themselves? Because I personally never have. Not that I would judge you if you do. You know, people go to the movies by themselves. People go to restaurants by themselves. So it's only weird, I guess, if you make it weird. But again, 2,600 responses right now. And the the majority, the far majority are people that have go to sporting events basically on a, a regular basis.
1: Well, I'm an outlier for you to ask me this question because, a, yeah, I've had to go to sporty events alone because I'm working. I have a credential number one, but if, like like let's say I'm not working um, you know, when I was in, in Miami, I lived with a number of Miami heat dancers, and so I would go to the sporty events alone, they'd get me a single ticket, and wait you lived be- with
3: Miami heat dancers. I'm yeah, sorry, Continue. I just I met. I actually just quick side I, note. Did I
1: lose you? Did I lose you? Lost I, me there it, well, for anything one second, I say from here, I heard on Miami. Heat dancers, longer... and my
3: head just went out the window. But continue. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> so anyway, um, so they would always get me a ticket, you know, uh, on the floor, or, you know, r- row two or three while they were working, and then I would go to the I would go to the the, you know, the Miami Heat games, and then when they got done with the game, then we will all go out out in South Beach. But regardless, so yeah, um, or I was invited to the game by a coach. I was invited to a game by a player. So uh, different, you know, not like, hey, let me just walk up to the box office window and buy a ticket and go watch a game by myself. To I've never done that. Exactly. Um,
3: and a lot of these people on Twitter are just, you know, normal, n- not that you're not normal, you're very normal, but people that don't work in sports it's, it was crazy to me to see this response of people that actually, you know, const, people regularly go to games by themselves. It's really crazy to see.
1: Again, we've got Greg Wyshynski. I'm curious, 800-919-3776. Feel free, you want to chime in on this conversation. Uh, do you just go to a, a sporting event by yourself? Here's what's so great about sports anyway. It brings people together. I, it doesn't. I don't think it's crazy that people do that. Well, you that go, was that was a huge. You response. get a chance, you, right? You you meet all these people around you. Exactly, you, you end up making friends. Yeah, you, you you have this great experience with people you don't know. Okay. Like, I get it. 800-919-3776. Quick break. We come back. Let's dive into the Rangers next as well. We'll continue with your calls. Anita Marks with you on this Tuesday. I have to keep on remembering what it is because I'm still in quarantine. I'm in quarantine till Thursday. On this Tuesday night here on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Without further ado, Greg Washinsky, I'm still going to call you the puck daddy. Joins us now on 98.7 ESPN to break down that Rangers-Hurricanes matchup coming your way right here on 98.7 ESPN Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Greg what's up how you doing?
4: Doing
0: well watching the Battle of Florida play out the uh, Cats just took a one nothing lead over the Lightning in game one of that series so uh, a lot of fun man this is a good second round of matchups They're very intriguing they've got some upset potential too so it's going to be fun.
1: So so true story you know when the Florida Panthers were first created I was living down in South Florida and um and I would on occasion make the trip up because they played like north like north very I was living on South Beach and Coconut Grove and very north of me so it took me like a good 2 hours to get to their games and that's when Van Beesbrook was their goalie and um oh, yeah. after the and after the game they played near a mall and so um, I, and and again, I don't I don't know how long you you've been covering you've been covering the Florida Panthers, but when they were done with their their games, they would come to where the fans would be hanging out, and they would literally come to the bar and hang out. M- may have been you know some like I don't know Cheesecake Factory like like, and they'd like they they'd hang like Van Beesbrook would walk in after and he'd like have a beer and hang out with the fans and like hang out with us and like all the players would be there like such cool like I'm sorry like you know the Dallas Mavericks are not going to a local bar or restaurant (laughs) after destroying the Suns uh, to hang out with the fans and drink beers and and break bread right like there's just just something about hockey players man they're cool you must really love covering them
0: it's great they're salt of the earth my favorite uh, post game drinking story though was back in the 70s in the Broad Street Bullies days with the Flyers, they would go drive over to South Jersey to drink uh, to, because they were afraid of running into Flyers fans at Philly bars. So they had like one watering hole in South Jersey they'd go to where they'd all be there. If you knew where it was, you could go see all the Flyers. But, yeah, I mean, it is, it is tradition. You know, it never is a surprise after post game to bump into one of these guys at a local watering hole. It's great.
1: It's cool. It's cool. All right. Uh, Let's look back before we look forward. Um, I was watching, just uh, full disclosure, I'm uh, on the tail end of COVID. I have to quarantine until Thursday. Needless to say, I'm, like, ready to, like, break out of here. I was home, not feeling 100%, but, boy, did that Rangers game make me feel like a million bucks. I loved it. It was so fun. The fact that they were down came back. And on my Sunday show, Greg, I was talking about the, uh, you know, I, I felt the significance of Shesturkin playing in a game seven, having a big game to start really defining his career and, and, and his legacy as a Rangers goalie. Uh, just get your thoughts, what, what were some of the things that stood out to you in game seven that you feel the Rangers can really build on heading into this this series against the Hurricanes?
4: Yeah, it's
0: almost like bookends, right? Like I felt like his best game in the series before that was game one, the triple overtime game, when he played really well. And then he closes out the series with a strong performance in Game 7. Um, you know, it's funny. that The, 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 low, the slogan for this team, uh, both externally and internally, is no quit. That's their, that's their mantra, no quit. And there are so many come from behind victories this season for the Rangers, uh, rallying in this series for the Rangers. I mean, it, it's kind of becoming the right sort of mindset that you need for the playoffs to be able to do what they've done. Um, did they catch a break? Absolutely. I mean, they played five games against an American League hockey goalie. They played one and a half games without Sidney Crosby on the ice. and He came back in Game Seven and, and wasn't himself. Um, but they, clo- they they rallied in the series and closed it out on home ice, and, and it was an impressive win that hopefully can uh, give them some momentum heading into this series against the Carolina Hurricanes.
1: So let's let's start breaking down uh, this uh, this matchup. Carolina, great home team. Uh, of course, they went four and zero against Boston, and they're coming in with, with a big rest advantage. Um, Shesterkin has not had a great season against them. He's zero and two. He gave up almost four goals per game to them, and um, and 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 you know they have dominated the Rangers in the regular season. So, with that being said, uh, what could change here? What gives you? Is there any optimism that the Rangers you feel can win the series?
0: Sure. Why not? I mean, just obviously, like you said, hopefully has gotten through his playoffs uh, inauguration, you know, initiation rather, and uh, can play better in the second round for them. But, you know, on paper, I got to admit, it's not the best matchup for the Rangers five on five against the Penguins. They were the inferior team. The hurricanes are a very good five on five team. Um, the Rangers obviously live and die with their power play of the hurricanes. In the regular season, with the best penalty-killing team in the league. Um, and the other thing, too, as you mentioned, that Boston series, the Hurricanes were like a different team on home ice. And, of course, they've got home ice advantage here. They've got four games in Raleigh. Uh, they're going to get the line matchups they want. Um, Gerard Gallant's not really a big guy on line, on line matchups, but uh, Rod Brindamore is. So you're going to see Panarin's advantage yet, see copious amounts of Jordan Stahl in the series. It it does seem to really, on paper, look like a a pretty significant advantage for the Hurricanes. But you know, the Rangers are playing with a lot of belief and a lot of confidence right now, and that could carry over.
1: Um, You know, in 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 watching what the what the Rangers were able to do, like you said, like you know, they not having Sidney Crosby for Game Five, got it. Um, Not going up against their best, you know, goaltender for the majority of the series, got it. But but, you know what do you feel that that, that you saw in that series against the Penguins that you feel you did not see in the regular season that could be a huge advantage for them in this series against the Hurricanes?
0: It wasn't really much that was all that different from the regular season. I mean, you still had a team that was over-reliant on the power play to make things happen. You had a team that was very reliant on their goaltender to make things happen, and when he couldn't, uh, specifically in Game Three, things kind of fell apart. Uh, they were a team that played real loosey goosey in front of them, and, and I'm, I'm being uh, generous here because Gerard Gallant called them soft. <laughs> you know, one mm-hmm. thing that did change them, One one aspect of of the Rangers that did change was the uh, the ref, the formation of this kid line uh, of of Capocaccio and Philippe Hiedel and uh, and Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, that has really been one of the better lines that they've had in this postseason. And it's not something I think a lot of us anticipated. These are young players that are still trying to kind of find their footing in this league. Uh, obviously, in, in, in Kako and, and Lafreniere's part, extraordinarily high draft picks that are still looking for finding their footing in this league. But you put them together on the same line, and for whatever reason, it just really worked. Um, you know, they, It was a line that was put together very late in the regular season. Uh, it played well in the Penguin series. I'd be very interested to see if Gerargo line keeps them together against the Hurricanes because it's a, it's a line that in some nights was the Rangers' best line, and it was a bunch of guys thrown together that you wouldn't expect that from. Uh,
1: well, you've got the Panthers now up on the Lightning 1-0. Um, still in the first quarter. You got the Blues and the av- Avalanche uh, later on tonight. Uh, that puck drops at 9:30. As we know, the Rangers and Hurricanes seven o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN, and the Oilers and the Flames tomorrow night at 9:30. With that being said, uh, we had so many series that went the distance and and went to Game Seven. The parity, the excitement. Are you expecting that with the remaining four series? Um, you know, are, are are you expecting much of the same in regard to these series going the distance, Greg?
0: I hope so. I mean, the first round was characterized by the incredible amount of goal scoring that we saw. Um, You know, in the regular season, we had the highest amount, we had the highest goals per game average that we've had in the NHL since the 1995, 96 season. This postseason, I think I saw something that it might've been even like the highest scoring postseason since the early nineties. So you hope that continues into the second round because I think that's one of the reasons why, there was so much wild parody and, 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 and series going deep in so many games. Seven. Um, there's a couple series that could, could, could go quick. <laughs> the Rangers series being one of them. Um, I think a lot of people look at the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers matchup and just see a gigantic depth disadvantage for the Oilers in that matchup. Uh, I'm on the blues. I'm like one of four people at ESPN to pick the blues against the avalanche. But if you ask a lot of people, they think that could be a pretty quick series too with Colorado having run through, nashville the way they did so the potential is there Anita, for there to be quick some some quick series but i think at the end of the day i wouldn't be surprised if all these series went at least six
1: great stuff greg always appreciate when you're on You're, you're, i really really please know that i know i ask you quite often especially now with the rangers in the postseason and and i do appreciate your time i'm sure a lot of us here at 98.7 esp and we love your analysis so thank you uh enjoy your evening my friend
0: you got it. I'm a Brooklyn boy talking hockey at a New York station. What's not to love?
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, quick update in regards to Major League Baseball. Uh, you've got the Mets still up on the cards. 1-0, top of the fourth. Uh, Yankees and Orioles tied at one, bottom of the second. We come back. We've got some callers. They I want to chime in on that. You know, do you go to games alone? Do you go to sporting events alone? Josh and Juan Carlo, hang tight. You guys will be first up. Uh, and then we are going to turn our attention to what's going on tonight with the Celtics and the Heat. Game one uh, in the East. It's going to be fun to watch, that's for sure. One of these two teams will represent the East in the NBA championship. And it all begins tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. We're going to get to your calls in just a second. Again, we've got Jake and, and, and Jacob who are producing the show. And in the break, I just found out that Jake – was the voice of Silly Rabbit, Trickster for Kids. I can't
3: believe you're just finding this out now. And I guess, yes, for the listening audience, when I was a kid, I was an actor, a voice actor in particular. And one of the main gigs that I had was the Silly Rabbit, Trickster for Kids. That was my Silly Rabbit, <laughs> Trickster <are> for Kids. <laughs> that was Oh,
1: my God.
3: That was me. That's Stop. actually my voice. We have it in the system. <laughs> uh, so- oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting a good kick out of it. But yes, my whole life, a lot of people when I was in like sixth, seventh, eighth grade were like, oh, it's Jake the Tricks kid. And they would ask me, oh, do you get Unlimited Tricks cereal or do you get Unlimited Tricks yogurt? And you know, if you were a cute girl, I'd be like, I don't know, maybe I do, but I did not. But uh, yes, when
1: I. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that did
3: The sad life of me. Fell. But yes, when I was a kid, I can't believe. I thought you knew this for a long no, time. No, and
1: that's so funny because I, I use that. Like, if, if, if one of my friends being silly or, or dumb or says something, uh, I don't know, blonde, and I'm blonde, I'm allowed to say that, um, I'm like, silly rabbit. Uh, you know, we all know that we. <laughs> We all know we all know the tagline, but I'm always like, silly rabbit, why would you say that? Anyway, let's get to our calls. 800-919-3776. The question right now and we kind of stumbled upon this is, would you go to a sporting event alone? Like, for example, you know, when the Rangers and the Hurricanes come back to the Garden, you have an opportunity. Oh, you only get one ticket. Would you go? Let's go to Josh in New Jersey. Josh, would you go?
5: Anita, I would most certainly certainly go. And uh, as I was telling uh, I who was that I think Jake who actually picked up for me um cool to hear he was a child actor by the way yeah I'm I'm as mind blown as you are who knew but um I was telling him I actually have found that I might prefer it Anita I might prefer it
1: going to um, a game alone
5: I need to. need to listen to this. I know it sounds crazy, <clears throat> but have an open mind and bear with me here, because listen. If you're a real fan, if you're a real, real sports lover, you lo- right. You're like me. You do not go pee no matter how bad you need to while the game's still going on, right? You're waiting between you know innings or whatever you got to do, right? It depends you, how many beers you have. <clears throat>
1: no, oh, no, no. Depends no, how no, many beers no, you've Anita, had, Josh I
5: Suffer. No, Anita, I suffer. No matter how many beers I've had, I I don't care. I hold it and I suffer because I'm not missing a play. <laughs> Anita, you, you hold have to understand. It no, so yeah,
1: can be Listen, painful, I do what I gotta Josh. do. I,
5: I gotta. I, it's it is. It hurts. But but no. But seriously, <laughs> to my point. Oh, gosh, this this call now turned into about, you know, my bathroom habits. That's great. Um, but to my point about going to the games alone, seriously, because this was something that I discovered. I, I did it the first, you know, time or whatever because I just really wanted to go to that game and, and didn't end up having someone to go with or whatever, right? Right. Friends were busy. In one case, I had a friend back out on me last minute, actually, you know, tried to get rid of his ticket, couldn't. When alone and what i found was if you're a real sports fan and a real sports lover like me it is absolute freedom to just love the game to just be locked in watch it yell and scream as much as you want and not worry about embarrassing your friends <laughs> you know because i don't know anyone no
1: one knows you me. josh uh, embarrass your friends no i don't believe it never never, never not josh, once. you're adorable thanks for the phone call i appreciate it
3: Hey Anita Josh from New Jersey <laughs> is not alone. I know it sounds for people that have never really heard of this that again, he will
1: that he will hold his well, urination that, to well, the point well, that well, it's painful. Well that's Dave <laughs> he's Ro- not that's alone Dave,
3: That might be Dave Rothenberg's lost like brother but or whatever but my point is he's certainly not alone and I was shocked again this was my tweet thousands of responses overnight and thousands of people that say they prefer to go to a sporting event by themselves.
1: Let's go to, uh, is it, is it Gian, Giancarlo? It's like, uh, like, Giancarlo? Like our
3: boy Stanton, who's up right now, and maybe oh. he'll hit a home run, but Aaron Judge, right before him, continues to stay hot and hits a home run. So now it is 2-1 Yankees, so not too bad. But it is our boy Giancarlo from Queens is next. Yes, Anita.
1: Fantastic. Welcome in. Good Hi. evening.
3: How's it going? Can you hear me?
1: We can. Hi. Hi, how's
3: it going? Yeah, so just two things real quick. Um, mm-hmm.
4: The sporting event by yourself. I did it for the first time during this next season, thanks to uh, legalized betting. I put a nice sli- slip in, and I said, "Why not just go watch it live?" And I headed over to MSG. So caught that live. It didn't go well.
1: So, so and, I, just uh, out of curiosity. So wait, wait, time, time out. I, I'm really, I'm, this, I'm curious about this. So because yeah. New York now has legalized gambling, you put in a bet and because you put in the bet that made you want to go to the, the game, oh. and even though it's solo to watch it, because you had money on the game.
4: Well, yeah, I usually push these bets at a bar, you know, with friends and stuff, or I push it mm-hmm. at home. But just watching it live just seemed a lot more fun. And, okay. And you know, it brings the aspect of live betting, so now I know what the score is. I can just jump in the app, put something in, you know what I'm saying? Cool. Sweat that out yeah. in person. Yeah. And then the second thing I want to bring up, because I drive, so I've been listening to the radio all day, I feel like um, the New York MLS team hasn't got no respect. Uh, they are defending champs, so there is a champion in New York City at the moment, and I just wanted to put that out there.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I know, mean...
4: Soccer's, soccer's like sounds like the lost sport and whatnot, but I don't want it to like, you know, be forgotten in the midst of everything.
1: You know, do you listen to the Michael K. show?
4: Yeah, I was listening to Peter, Michael, and Dom earlier, so yeah. Well,
1: you know, Andrew's a huge soccer fan, and he has a phenomenal podcast that you can listen to um, all yeah, about soccer. Actually... All about, yeah, all about soccer. And you could, you could access that podcast on our new um, ESPN New York app. So make sure, and thank you for your phone call tonight. I appreciate it. Um, and so just uh, make sure, whether you've got a Droid or you've got an iPhone, download the ESPN New York app, and um, it's great. The minute you just, the minute you push it on your phone, it immediately goes right to what's streaming immediately to what show is on and then do a little research do a deeper dive and there's a bunch of podcasts on there it's amazing right?
3: and andrew and jj devaney who are the hosts mm-hmm. and po- of the podcast caught offside which again you off can, side. it's you know probably the best soccer podcast out there they're actually here right now you know they're always recording always giving out new content so if you're a soccer fan and you're not following Caught Offside or not listening to them, you are certainly missing out. And again, you can catch it right on our new ESPN app, which you can get all of our sound uh, instantly at the click of a finger.
1: Now I I see the actor in you. I can see it. I can hear it. Now I understand. Tricks are for kids. There you go. Silly rabbit. Uh, Now I see. like every... Tricks are for kids. Oh my gosh. Everything is becoming more and more clear now. (laughs) Everything about you, Jake. Is That's that a, for is sure. that a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's thing. good. It's okay, good. I just right. I it's just it's all it's all material. It's all coming
3: full circle.
1: All right, we're with you for another 30 minutes, getting you ready for the Heat Celtics matchup. Tip off is uh at 8 30, and uh we're leading you into that. So stay tuned. Uh we'll get you in the know next here on ninety point seven ESPN. Tyler, welcome in. How you doing?
2: Hey, Anita,
1: how are you? Hi, I know you just got done with Daily Wager. I really appreciate you jumping on with us. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm throwing out the discussion right now. You know, what, what is, is a four-day rest advantage? Obviously, you think of, oh, yeah, rested, fresh legs, all that. But the Miami Heat could come in tonight and be a little sloppy, a little, uh, you know, uh, a little out of sorts. Meanwhile, I understand the Celtics Game seven against the Bucs, very physical series, now have to get on the road and take on the Heat. They could be tired where you've got Tatum not, not, you know, not having those fresh legs. But could the rest advantage be more of a downer for the Miami Heat? Some teams, we've seen that before. What do you think about the fact that, that Miami is, is on four days rest?
2: I mean, I certainly think that's possible. If Miami comes out, though, and looks sloppy and looks sluggish, and doesn't take advantage of the uh, rest advantage that they have over Boston after Boston's now in their third city in five days and just got done with a brutal physical battle with the defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. I'd kind of be shocked because this is a Heat team that's built on a culture of toughness. Think about Pat Riley. Think about Udonis Haslam who's still there. Eric Spolstra who's coached this team to a couple of championships. Having someone like Jimmy Butler who instills that toughness mentally and physically into your culture the way that Philadelphia so desperately needed when they uh, were, you know, were shipping Vince Simmons away and with James Harden now. Uh, I mean, Joel Embiid made no bones about it. He wanted Jimmy Butler to still be his teammate. So, yeah, guys like Butler, UD, Bam Adebayo, P.J. Tucker as well. This is a tough team, not only physically, but I think mentally as well. So I, I expect them to take advantage of that rest advantage against Boston tonight in game one.
1: Here's another one and, and, and again it's it's 807. Maybe you've heard more because you just got off of Daily Wager, but last I heard Lowry is out because of the hamstring issue. But this is a Miami Heat team Tyler. They're 6 and 0 without him. You know, you know you could one might ask that question, are they a better team without Lowry? I don't know. Meanwhile, for the Celtics, Marcus Smart dealing with a foot issue. Uh, Robert Williams dealing with a knee issue. Do you have the latest on either of those guys? Are they going to be active and attractive or not? And and with a number of these guys possibly playing, or we know Lowry out, how do you think that affects both rosters?
2: Well, yeah, the, the Lowry um, news we've known for a while, and you make a good point about how well Miami has played without him uh, in this postseason, and I do think at his age, Miami's just better without him unless he's absolutely 100%. Like, you don't want a 37-year-old point guard who's 85%. That's not good for your team. Turn it over to a Gabe Vincent. Turn it over to a Tyler Hero. Let Jimmy Butler handle the ball handling. So, with Lowry not being 100%, I think that's a benefit that he's out for the Miami Heat. The big blow for the Boston Celtics, we learned uh, while doing Daily Wager Live today, uh, both Marcus Smart and now Al Horford are out no So that's their Horford out. starting point guard and their starting power forward slash center. So both wah, of them, wah,
1: we, we wah. Thought Smart, Anita.
2: Yeah, I know. We thought Smart might miss with his mid foot strain. He was kind of questionable. But the Al Horford news was rather surprising. Apparently he's in health and safety protocols now. So uh. that's not only their defensive player of the year, but a big piece of their, you know, defense in the paint near the rim with Al Horford.
1: I mean, that's let, let me tell you something. That's I don't think people realize how significant Horford's, um, Horford was in that series against the Bucks. And, and I know I, I saw it, I saw it on social media that one play where Giannis, uh, you know, had the dunk and, the, and then the little celebration. And Horford was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Horford's wife went to Twitter and said, Horford's wife went to Twitter and said, oh, I know that look, I've seen that look. This game is over. Not only was this game over, people feel that that was a significant point in the series, that the series was over when that happened. Them not having Horford, and now you're telling me he's in protocol? That means that he might miss more than just one, this one game.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. They're preparing for the possibility that he's out for game two. So like uh, I said, for this situational spot game one, I really, really like the Heat. Um, I really really like Jimmy Butler to carry them offensively like he has for most of the postseason and his assignment offensively should be made easier by the fact that Marcus Smart their best perimeter defender and Al Horford probably their smartest interior defender are both out so that, that probably helps Bam Adebayo as well I know a couple of uh on Daily Wager today, including Aaron Dolan and uh, Eric Moody. I think we're talking about double-double at plus 120 for Van Adebayo. Um, and, you know, someone's got to pick up that rebounding on the Boston side. So maybe you look to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to really crash the boards with Noah Horford and Marcus Smart, who is a pretty good rebounder for a guard. So there's a lot of ways that this affects the prop market and a lot of ways this affects the game and the potential script we'll see tonight in game one.
1: Interesting. Um, all right, so, so break it down for us. Um, you know, what was so, and again, I, I should call this up right now in regard to like what the line is. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know the line opened four. up at, oh, it's down at four and yeah, a half, was, Tyler. So yeah, it opened up well, at one yeah, and a half. I got it earlier right. today at two, uh, and now the Heat favored by four and a half. The over unders at 203. How are you playing this? Yeah,
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it with the Heat. Um, especially in that first half, I may just lay the uh, point and a half, the two points in the first half. Again, thinking Miami's been awesome at home, six and zero straight up, five and one ATS. The emotional kind of hit that Boston takes from the surprising Al Horford news, and then the news that they were kind of thought they were preparing for, not having Marcus Smart, and then just like like I said, three three cities, three games in five nights, a lot of travel coming off a brutal physical series against Milwaukee. I think it's a prime situational spot for Miami to jump on them early in this game in front of their home crowd. And the game starting late 8.30 p.m. Eastern allows that normally, as you know, Anita, late arriving miami crowd to be fully engaged from the jump it's not a 6 30 start and sometimes you know, those are things you can do in south beach you might meander in a little late they should be ready to go bright and early there uh tonight down in south beach so i i, I like the heat team total over because that defense is going to be compromised my best bet today on daily wager was jason tatum under 29 and a half points he played the uh the uh, Miami defense three times this year. His high water mark, Anita, was only 23 points. He had 20 in the other game and just 10 in the third. And without Warford and Smart to kind of help move the ball on offense, that Miami defense, which is ferocious, I think is going to be focusing a lot of attention on Jason Tatum and make his uh, make him work for every single dribble, much less shot that he has tonight.
1: My favorite prop bet is Max Stress over 12.5 points tonight. You get that at minus 115. Anybody have that on Daily Wager?
2: Uh, we didn't have a Max Struess mention. We know Struce, Struce, sorry struce always bring yeah, we know the Frock Queen will always bring a nice menu and go to some secondary players, some players off the bench, but you know, there's money to be made there as well. And struce I think it depends on what happens with Duncan Robinson. We didn't see him really at all in that last series against Philadelphia. Will Eric Spolstra allow him back into the rotation? Because if not, Struce is definitely gonna play a lot of minutes and he's that other three point shooter who gives them a little more size and defense on the perimeter. So My gut is that Struce will continue to uh, kind of get this role unless he gets hurt at the expense of uh, Duncan Robinson.
1: And uh, last but not least, before I let you go, you might not have a play yet, but Mavs and the Golden State Warriors, same situation, right? Uh, Golden State, a five-day rest advantage over the Mavs. The Mavs obviously taking that... That series uh, against the Suns to the distance, to the desert, and embarrassed the Suns. Unbelievable Mm -hmm. momentum. They've got the momentum. Now they've got to go back on the road, head way out west again to take on the Golden State Warriors out there in San Francisco. Um, This is a Golden State team. They're favored by five. The over-under is 214.5. Do you have a play in this matchup for tomorrow night?
2: Yeah, my most comfortable play at the moment is playing that total over 214.5 totals usually drop as series go on um golden state at home offense 11 points better per 100 possessions at home than they are on the road and with game one being at chase center with that rest i do expect clay uh steph jordan Poole, and graymont green to have a good offensive night even though they're playing a very good defensive team in the dallas mavericks and then there of course is luka Doncic on the other side uh he's just an absolute stud an absolute killer and this is what we think of Golden State, Anita, as kind of this great shooting team, which they are. But in this postseason, no team has taken more threes, made more threes, or has a higher three-point field goal shooting percentage amongst the teams left than the Dallas Mavericks. They're a team that will bomb away, and if they're hitting, that can drive those uh, point totals up real quick. So I think my most comfortable play right now is playing over two fourteen and
1: a half. and a half. Fantastic, Tyler! Again, thank you so much for joining me. I, I so appreciate it. Uh, I know you just got off of Daily Wager, so uh, good luck tonight, my friend.
2: Thank you, as always. Can't wait for the PGA Championship as well, Anita. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to ask you how your golf tournament went on Monday, but I'm sure we'll have some time on Daily Wager uh, tomorrow to get the PGA I, Championship. I
1: didn't. Up. I didn't play. I'm. I'm quar. I'm in quarantine oh, until Thursday. No. <laughs> But you can yeah. guarantee yeah. Oh. I've, got a, I've got a 10 a.m. T <laughs> time on Thursday, my friend. 10 a.m. T time learned it, on sister. Thursday. You learned it. There you there go. You go. Sorry, take, take care. Enjoy tonight. Um, Tyler Fulgham joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. See him all over, of course, ESPN and Daily Wager. Uh, quick break. We come back. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts, my plays. And um and uh, we'll get, uh, what are your thoughts on tonight's matchup? Really, really excited about it. But, man, uh, breaking news right there. I know folks are like, what are you talking about? It's Al Horford. I'm telling you, Al Horford, he's not the straw that stirs this drink. But, you know, maybe he's that, you know, he's that, uh, you know what he is? <laughs> um, I-, I love old fashions. You know what he is? He's that, he's that, that, um that sweetened blueberry, you know, that, that, that when you, you know, you get a really, really great old fashioned when it's got like, it's got the orange, the, the, like the sliced orange. Um, and it's got that, that sweet blueberry at the bottom. You know, you know, you've wrote, you've walked into the right joint. That's what he might not be the straw, but he's that sweet blueberry at the bottom of your old fashioned. And, and, and that makes it something special. I'm telling you, no Al Horford tonight, boy, Hashtag run, don't rate, run, don't walk to that window. Lay that that money down on that Miami Heat. Anita Marks with you, ninety eight point seven ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.